1: Hey, it's Travis. With an apology to our early subscribers, due to the reorganization of some stuff and launching the Patreon earlier than anticipated, it turns out we couldn't upload this episode early. So everyone gets it a day early as a Valentine's Day treat. And yes, I said Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash the hotel and help support our show. We have bonus episodes, merch, exclusive buttons and things are coming. And if you sign up before March 16th, you will get a limited edition hotel keychain and both bonus episode postcards. You have to sign up now to get those perks, and you have to sign up for the manager, owner, or hotel tiers to get them. But even our Lobby Boy tier still gets your name in the guestbook, and it all goes into supporting the show. Travis, did you say both bonus episode postcards? What are you talking about, you handsome devil? I am talking about this month's bonus episode, available only to manager tier patrons and up with art done by another fantastic fan artist. I am so thrilled to announce this card will be done by none other than the great and powerful Kramer. You may know them by their Instagram and Twitter handle, life underscore condiments. And if you don't, go follow them right now because you've already felt the effects of their influence. Kramer is infamously responsible for the staff, rotting and dying in every episode. That idea started as their own headcanon and it got adopted along the way as official hotel canon. So everyone say... Thank you, Kramer. And go follow them on socials, please and thank you. Uh, Speaking of socials and amazing artists, don't forget to follow The Hotel on Twitter and Instagram to see the incomparable Filthy Guts' official art for all upcoming episodes, including this one. And follow him because he just put out some truly amazing Valentine's Day hotel art just for funsies. So remember patreon.com slash the hotel sign up before march 15th to get the exclusive keychain and both postcards the more patrons we get the more cool stuff we can do so if you like the show and you have a few extra bucks we would love to have you check in with us and if not that's okay too because just listening to the show means the world to us and it's a great way to support the show too and we appreciate each and every one of you okay now let's all listen to what happens to audrey burns something bad i bet
2: front desk bell dings and and I know I can leave the supply closet I heard my manager check on me already and I haven't been in the dark long I don't think sometimes things happen very quickly here the guests know that sometimes Briefly. Quickly or slowly, things that need to get done always get done. I like it better when I get to do things. I do what I can. I'm in the lobby before the ringing dies. It's bright the sun pushes my eyes closed and I have to stop and squint and let them adjust so I don't run into anything. The automatic glass doors are letting in enough light to fill the lobby completely even though all the lights in the high ceiling are on. The doors don't open for me though even though I stopped close to them those doors are not for me there's desks on either side tall and cheap looking but she's not at either of them across from the doors are more glass walls letting in more light there's a fountain And some plants But it's just to look at It's closed in on all sides by glass So you can't even hear the water Or smell the clean dirt The rest of the lobby is right there though Lots of empty chairs and couches Under a long, square, pointy chandelier and in the far corner, under a big, flat TV. Her desk. She's reading her special guest card. She looks up for just a moment and waves me over while she opens the guest book. I can see better as I get closer to her desk in the shadowy corner. The TV is showing the hotel from the outside, and the restaurant behind the fountain. Some of the different sized rooms, and lots of other things that aren't here either. It's showing other staff members working here too, but they all just look like me, and her. Brown vests and white shirts with long sleeves. I reach for the top of my head, but they don't have hats on either. I say good evening, ma'am, as I take my place in front of her desk. I'm facing the front doors again, so I have to squint at the light again. She tells me it's good afternoon now. I say, good afternoon, ma'am. And since the staff on the TV, the staff with our faces is smiling, I try to smile like them too. Wide. Mouth open. But she looks up from what she's doing to me and... I can tell from what her face looks like that my smile doesn't look like the ones on the TV.
0: Try a little smile.
2: I smile differently. Smaller. She stares at me and I can see the color under her skin shift faintly to something sickly and her eyes dart over my shoulder. The guest is here already. My manager straightens her shoulders and greets her. But when I turn around, I lose my little smile. The guest is setting down several bags and immediately gives a short wave and goes back outside. I know what that means. It's the guest's way of telling me There's more. I barely get my cart out before she's back with another load.
1: Thank you. Can you just get all these?
2: I start with the heaviest ones.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. That's perfect. Johnny on the spot over here.
2: She holds up a finger to let me know she'll be right back. She grabs one of the bags I just loaded. One of the smaller bags off my cart. She crosses the lobby to the front desk and starts checking in. The bags are heavy and many. I don't know if I can take them all at once. Sometimes the guests don't like that. They end up not liking anything about their stay in the hotel, though, so... If I wait long enough... They end up not caring so much about their bags. The guest laughs and slaps the front desk with a loud bang. And I see my manager is smiling with her, smiling like the staff on the TV behind her. The guest looks back at me and slaps her bag.
0: Or right, I'm going to take this one up to the room and come back down for the rest. Need a powder stop, know what I mean?
2: When she turns around, my manager loses her smile. The staff on the TV behind her stops smiling. And they all watch Audrey Burns jog up to the wide, carpeted stairs next to the front desk to the elevators. When she's gone, my manager and the staff on the TV... Look at me. Waiting. Expecting. I load the bags as best I can, but... I have to keep one hand on them and one on the cart as I wheel it through the chairs and couches. My back burns with stiffness. It's happening so quickly tonight. This... Afternoon, I mean. Over her shoulder, the staff on the TV is rotting too. Rotting with us. None of them are smiling as I work myself into the elevator, but they're all watching me when the doors slide closed. In the dull gray reflection, I see the hazy shape of my face drying into a rotting mask. It's not smiling either. Room 414 is just a few doors down from where the elevators are. I have to hunch to keep the bags on the cart, and I can tell my shoulder is locking up, but the doors open when I get to 414, so I don't have to move much when I get there she's sitting on the bed rubbing her feet i have to clear my throat twice before she looks up
0: thanks sorry my i meant to come back down but my feet
2: it's starting her feet look puffy Like when they get sprained bad enough to go to the doctor but not so bad that they can do anything about it. She winces when she stands to help me. She starts taking the bags off and talking quickly about how she needs to soak her feet and how she must have stepped wrong getting into the hotel. Her voice is quivering, though. She must know something is wrong. A lot of the time, the guests try to pretend everything is okay as long as they can, or the hotel doesn't let them see what's wrong sometimes. She's doing what she can to stay calm, but when her fingers are suddenly too big to fit through the bag handles when her palms are swollen up like bruised oranges. She can't do anymore. She wobbles uncertainly as she waves her growing hands in front of her face, painfully trying to flex her fingers. She asks me to help, but her eyes aren't focused on me. She's looking around, lightheaded, and sweating I don't know if it's from alarm or the blood pooling in her feet her toes are turning the same color that mine are turning she tries to stable herself on my cart but her thick fingers are too sweaty and smooth she falls back sliding off the bed grasping for the phone on the end table She tries to dial like she's used to, but she can only mash the keys with fingers as thick as thigh bones. She's screaming for help, crawling over her bags toward me, kicking herself forward with the feet the size of purses. I pull my cart away from her, slowly backing towards the door, In her frenzy, she tries to grab the bags, desperate to keep me here with her. I leave her behind to do what she can. I've already done what I will. What I do. In room 414, I can hear her thrashing wildly, screaming and spitting in pain and panic I want to take my cart down the hall back down to the supply closet I want to go back to the lobby and finish falling apart with my manager I don't have to see the guests die to know when they do to know how they do But the elevators aren't by the room anymore. They're at the end of the hall. And the hall is... much longer now. It's got the same hard grey carpet and the same blue and purple abstract art framed on the walls by the same useless tables with fake plants in their vases. Over... and over... and over... and over... I can walk down this new hallway, but the elevator doesn't get any closer. Audrey Burns is in the doorway of room 414, and she is very angry. She has tears in her eyes, and her face is bright red. She can hardly talk, she's breathing so hard, but I can tell she's mad at me. Maybe because I left her there. Maybe because I don't seem surprised. But there is something in her eyes that tells me she knows I did this to her. She lifts her hand now the size of a milk jug and heaves it out into the hall. She drags herself forward until she can rest her head on it. Straining and spitting with effort, she heaves her other hand. I feel the force of its impact shudder through the floor. She's already breathing so hard it comes out in grunting gasps. She tries to use her toes for leverage to grip the best she can to help her tiring arms. But her toes are already rock hard and turning shades of purple and white they were never meant to be. The weight of her foot pushes down and several of her toes break instantly. Her scream drowns out what I know are surprisingly quiet pops. The little bones break easy. The little bones break quiet. When she gets used to this new level of pain, she rests to yell at me. She screams accusations and calls me names. She swears at me and spits at me. She threatens me and curses me. She blames me and hates me for what I did to her. What I'm doing to her. I don't like being yelled at. I don't I don't like what she's saying. She's not wrong, though. It reminds me of when the owner yells sometimes. At me. I don't think he ever yells at the manager, or even the guests. It's hard to tell, though, because he talks so loud all the time. And he gets so mad, too, now like Audrey Burns is mad. Yelling at me won't do anything, though, except make me feel bad. It doesn't look like it's even making her feel better. With a painful moan, she heaves her massive, bruised hand forward again, knocking over one of the tall, skinny tables as she drags herself by. Every time she does this, I take a step back, and neither of us get any closer to getting out. I push my cart more quickly, leaning on it as my decaying body fights what should be easy movement. The lights at the end of the hall dim and flicker. The lights flicker all the way up the hall and stop over me, then past me to the guest. The light gets brighter, just a little, before they all go back to just being normal. The hotel, I think, wants me to stay and walk. So I watch, I watch, sometimes I have to watch, sometimes my manager tells me to, sometimes it just happens if I don't leave fast enough. Even though her hands are the size of buckets and her feet are like painful stone pillows, she yells. She screams. She dry heaves and cries, and sometimes no sound comes out at all, but however she can, she lets me know she hates me. I think maybe she just hates what's happening to her. She didn't hate me in the lobby. She was going to help me with the bags... Even though she was already in her room She didn't start to hate me until she started dying She knows she's dying It must hurt like she's dying I can see the red and blue veins spidering to the surface of her skin As her meat and bone and blood swells up second by second. I squat down, even though my bones crack and jab, so we can see each other better. And I try a little smile.
1: Hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Thanks for listening. Now back to The Hotel.
0: There you go a smile. See? It's not that bad, is it? It's not going to ruin your day. I know,
1: I shouldn't push so much.
0: I don't want you to think you're not perfect, just the way you are, little lobby boy, but honestly, sometimes you get almost as worked up as the guests. Oh, I do hope he understands. I ripple my hall lights at him again. He calms down a little. It's just a moment, right? That uncomfortable moment before you jump off the high dive. That uncomfortable moment when you hit the cold water and gasp sharply. Life is full of little uncomfortable moments, and you can back off from them, try to keep the moments at bay. But more often than not, that moment, moment is, is just, just gonna follow you down, down the hall, yelling nasty, nasty things, things at you.
1: And then what?
0: That's right, you're stuck with the moment in perpetuity. It haunts you, lives in you, keeps you from being who you want to be because you're so busy sweating it out. That's why I made my hallway longer. I want him to see what happens on the other side of the moment. Push through it, my boy. And you'll see the resistance is so built up in your mind That it's far worse than whatever it was you feared. He can build horrors beyond comprehension, but can he build himself up a little? I really don't know. I'm rooting for him, though. I think he can do it. just needs a little... Push. Well, no, not a push exactly. More like a... A garden to grow and support. He won't grow if he's just shouted at all the time.
1: That's what the owner doesn't understand.
0: But if you give him a little space, a little encouragement, and let him go at his own pace, watch him bloom. Not that I don't find it a little cute when he gets scared. Funny boy. But but it's not always so. A flower needs the right garden to grow and take this quest. Now, I admire Audrey. I like her pluck. She finds herself in a very uncomfortable and scary situation. It would be very easy, very understandable to give up. Her hands and feet are bursting and pulsing with aching pain. Just moving, just breathing rocks her body till she's almost passed out. I can see it. Tripping Tripping across across her her nerves She can hardly think straight But she still knows That whatever's happening to her Is the last thing
1: That's gonna happen to her Pain without salvation Worse and and worse worse until until, Well, you know
0: But what does she do? She tears herself apart Trying to crawl down the hall Now I appreciate A fighter, I do she can't do anything about it, but she's still gonna do what she can. Audrey Burns is not a woman who's ever so much as paused when her life's uncomfortable moments came. So, what's the problem? She hit a moment that's just bigger than her. That's it. Happens all the time, especially here. <laughs> Is she a fool for tearing herself apart, looking for escape as she swells and distorts? Surely, only minutes from death. Of course not. She does what she can. But would she be a fool for sitting on the bed in room 414, crying to herself as her body betrays her and the lobby boy stood by just watching Of course not. Because Because what what could she do? This This is is what what I want my darling Lobby Boy to see. All he can can see now is the moment. The fear. And he'll do anything to avoid it. Anything to make sure everything is still. And quiet. And simple. But beyond those moments, it's really just you, Bug. And some things you can't change But other things you can You You won't won't ever ever know which which is which If you're just trying trying to get back to your smelly little Little closet It's It's not not easy though. though Not all the time Sometimes it's just as hard and just as scary as you thought it would be For example He is really getting screamed at. I mean, I can see exactly how much physical and mental trauma this woman is going through. Her body isn't even really designed to be going through what we're putting her through, so she could not be less prepared for this experience, and yet she still finds the reserves to choke and scream a blue streak at him. He really hates that. Really, really. She can't lift her hands or feet anymore, though. She has to sort of scoot them, inch them along to pull and push herself. Her fingers look like lava lamps. Oh, I should do lava lamps in the room sometime. And And her feet feet are... are... Well, it's a good thing she took her shoes off first. Her muscles are getting stiff and her bones and organs are getting pushed around to make room for her new... Mass... Her ligaments won't last long, and if she thinks it hurts now, wait till those muscles snap and roll up like window shades. He sits on his little luggage cart with his little smile he's practiced, and he watches what she does. When she scooches forward, drooling and gritting her teeth, he kicks himself backwards, Rolling to a gentle stop a few inches closer to the elevator, he's starting to get it a little. The yelling, her anger, that's still lighting his mind up with something like pain. She pushes herself forward, he pushes himself back, both in pain, but his pain isn't getting worse. Hers is, naturally, but he's starting to understand that the threshold of his fear was the beginning? beginning
2: of his power, not the end. I twist myself
0: a little. Slowly, my hallway kinks and the walls tilt, and Audrey is stuck. See? They're stuck, and then they're stuck stuck in the hall is not stuck in the supply closet, do you see? She tries to wriggle herself out, jerk herself free. The waves come quickly, but in order. First, irritation. Frustration at being stuck. Then, assumption. She She tries tries to lose herself. herself. Maybe she thinks her tombstone-sized feet are just stuck on one of my tables. And finally, panic. panic. You You might think think she she was was already already panicked, but trust me, you can always panic just a little bit bit more. And you know what he does? He bends himself sideways, just barely, and squints one eye just a little, and my hallway untwists. Audrey shudders with relief so violently, her breaths come out in heaves again. He's watching her, curious now, little smile on his little face, backing up in his cart to give her more room to crawl forward. Oh dear, that's not quite it, but wobbly steps are steps still. I squeeze my hallway lightly, holding her in place again and... Flicker my lights at him. He stands up, ignoring her terrified thrashing and shrieking, and stares up into the lights, mouth hanging open a little. I I think think I'm reaching him. It's not that he doesn't understand. I think he just doesn't understand that he understands. He He thinks there's there's some some great great knowledge he lacks. There isn't Oh, surely there are things he doesn't know That's That's what what the the others others are for But but he knows things, too He has skills They lack, too Nobody Nobody can build build a room Like like my lobby boy boy. Just look at her hands Look at her feet How beautiful and Strange You You did that. that You He screws up his face a little Mouth agog still and, a little uncertainly, blinks the lights back at me. What a sweetie. Audrey though, Ms. Burns, well, she does something silly here. It's not a judgment. It's not like she has a lot of options, but I think she can tell the weight is about to become non-negotiable. I can see her dumping more adrenaline into her body. It zips through her, doing Doing more harm harm than good in in my opinion, opinion. and she manages to lift her massive foot up in the air. It really doesn't look much like her foot anymore. It's It's the the color color of corpses and blood. I think it's much more interesting looking than her old feet anyway. But, well, when she lifts it all, the blood that's sort of pooling and stuck in there sloshes around, and the poor thing gets so lightheaded that her foot just swings right back down onto her other leg. Really ruins her knees. <laughs> she screams so loud, the lobby boy almost jumped out of his skin. Literally. His head wobbles, and he he has to to sit sit back back down on his cart with a thump. His body isn't doing much better than hers. They almost match. Well, parts of them do anyway. She's not screaming anymore, though. That's all over with. You You do do what what you can, can, right? All she can do is mutter and groan. Hair swaying back and forth over hands the size of sea turtles as her mind tries to reckon with passing out or not. She knows if she does. That's all, folks. But she can't really go anywhere now. She looks up, as best she can, at the lobby boy.
2: He's leaning over on his cart, head
0: resting on the support bar. Hands limp in his lap. His legs aren't much good any more either. They stare at each other for a moment, mouths open, dying, rotting, ending. But she's not done yet. She throws her body, such as it is, with some final burst of desperate strength and manages to heave her hands into the wall. I don't have to imagine how much it hurt. I can see it in her.
1: Baby, it hurt a
0: lot. Her mouth hangs open and silent. There's not enough left in her to drum up a scream or a grunt. She heaves again, and her hands slam into the other wall... Now, I certainly don't want to take away from her accomplishment here, but she's destroying herself as much as she is my walls. The plaster cracks and bends and weakens, and as her hands continue to grow, the now blood-stained walls start to clever, thrashing wildly, as wildly as she can in her state anyway. She's trying to dig out room in the hole so she doesn't get crushed. Mm, more crushed. She's pretty crushed already. But we're not quite done yet, sister. I and, and the wall to her right flattens and hardens, good as new. Better than you Even if she wasn't fading She couldn't so much as scuff the paint She's in it now She tries to keep bludgeoning the other wall But her feet are starting to grow over each other Over her mangled legs She claws at the weaker wall with fingers Almost as long as her arm I flutter my lights at him He doesn't move It's It's getting getting hard hard for for him, him too. I know, I know, I know, but do what you can. I flutter the lights again over the guest, do you see? He perks his head up just a little and furrows his little brow above his pale, dead eyes with a small sound. A sound like the crust of fresh bread being broken. The other wall flattens and hardens. She can't feel much back there, but her legs have been pulverized into mush. There's no saving the carpet, I'm afraid. Her hands are twisted trash bags, as hard and soggy as a turning pumpkin. They cradle her head, bending her neck upward as they swell. Dark as the harvest moon and beautiful as a bruised rainbow, they press until she can't do anything more. At the end, she looks like a head, tucked away in a massive clutch of prunes the size of boulders. Her fingers almost touch the ceiling like fleshy termite mounds. Eyes glassy, mouth open. Her anger went with the last of her life. Frozen there, you can see the sadness she refused to give in to in her final moments. I relax, and my whole shrinks and returns to its shape. The door to room 414 is just over the tough, gooey mass of extremities that used to be called Audrey Burns.
1: The elevator is right behind the
0: lobby boy, and when I open the doors for him, he pushes himself gently with the last of his strength and rolls inside. As the doors are closing, as his body gives out, too. I see him smiling. Just a little.
2: The Hotel was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Witten. Starring Kelly Ninoltowski as the manager. Mark Witten as the lobby boy. Graham Rowett as the owner. And Krista Lewis. Music by Lauren Picorni, West Rodri, and special guest composer Zach Tatum Drake.